Welcome to the Creekwood Church Podcast. Creekwood is growing and we are so excited about the Future West Campus. If you're interested in learning more about the building project, visit creekwoodchurch.com beyond or click the Beyond button on the Creekwood Church app. We hope this message inspires and encourages your faith. If you have your Bibles, grab them and go to John chapter 18. We, again, are in the second weekend of this series that we are calling Truth, and what does it look like for us to know the truth in our life? In fact, I want you to turn to your neighbor and tell them, you need some truth today. Now, if you're sitting next to your spouse, I'm really trying to help you today, because I'm sure there's some things that they're doing that like you've been trying to tell them to stop or that it's wrong or whatever, or it's annoying. And like, you need to turn to them right now and say, you really need some truth today. I teed that up perfectly for you today. Uh, you're welcome. But this, this series where we're talking about truth, the Bible says this in John chapter 18, verse 37. Jesus said these words, for this purpose I was born and for this purpose I have come into the world to bear witness to the truth. Everyone who who is of the truth listens to my voice. For you to understand this, the world from the creation to this point, has been in great darkness. And the purpose, Jesus said, is that he came to let us know what the truth is. And John 8, 31 says this, to the Jews who had believed him, Jesus said, if you hold to my teachings, you are really my disciples. And then look at this next line. It says, you, then you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. Let me say that last verse. It says, then you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. Truth is very important. Truth is very powerful. And what we see oftentimes is that we miss really what Jesus came to do. It's easy to get kind of caught up in religion and going to church and kind of this whole ritual becomes something very empty. But when you really understand how dark the world was and that Jesus came to show us the truth, that baby's amen in me. That's good. I'm glad. I want you to notice this because Jesus is talking about the truth. He's not, he's not talking about your truth. He's not talking about their truth or um, another person's truth. He's talking about the truth. And we're living in a world that everybody is making up their own truth. The truth is, That truth is something that we discover. It's not something that we make up. There's this trend that is happening in our culture today, and it's not just, I want you to hear me today. It's not, it hasn't just started recently. It's been going on for a long time. 
It's a very strategic, spiritual attack on humanity. And the attack, the strategy of the enemy is to get us to a place that we are all making up our own truth. And truth really has become something in our culture where truth is what you feel or what you experience. Truth is whatever you believe. And people oftentimes refer to their experiences, their feelings, their story, and those are all reality. They're all very real, but they are making them their truth. Everybody has their own truth. Is it a wonder why we're all confused? Why there's so much confusion in our culture today is that everybody somewhere along the line started deciding that there's no such thing as the truth You can just have your truth and I can have my truth and y'all can have your truth over there and we're all tiptoeing around each other because nobody wants to offend anybody. So you can have your truth and I can have my truth and we can all just whatever. And Jesus said that when you know the truth, it's gonna set you free. There's a reason why he came to this earth and it was to bring about truth. Now what happens is oftentimes when people are, are doing this, when they're talking about their truth, they're often doing this in reference to themselves. And there's a phrase, there is a lingo, a new language that is entered into our culture that now it's, it's called self-identity. Where I self-identify myself by my own truths. And no matter how much it's not true, if you call it your truth, the people around you are not supposed to tell you it's not true. It's not nice to tell you it's not true. It's not courteous to tell you it's not true. No matter how much it's not true, try saying that a bunch of times. We don't talk about the truth. If somebody talks about their truth. We're, we're living in a moment that there's a real crisis with the truth. A lot of studies have been done on this and... Um, for example, on college campuses, they, they've, they've done different studies where, for example, a, a five foot four white, you know, Caucasian male can walk up to students and tell them, I need you to acknowledge that I'm six four. <laughs> and some hesitate to answer, but they, they, again, have a difficult time saying, no, you're not 6'4", you're 5'4". A 60-year-old male that's 5'4", five, four, five, four, can go up to a student and say, I'm, I'm a teenage supermodel. <laughs> I 
or I'm the president of the United States, or I started Facebook. You know Facebook, or, or you know you're on TikTok. I was the one that started it, and, and nobody wants to speak the truth. Students will actually hesitate to say that it's, it's not the truth because it's this idea that is so prevalent in our culture that you can have your truth and I can have my truth. We're basing our identity in whatever you feel or believe, never mind the facts. Your feelings actually in our culture today, our feelings are being elevated above the facts. So anybody can have their own truth. You can have your truth and I can have my truth. And, and I want you to hear me today when I say this. Truth is not something that you make up. It's something that you have to discover. Truth cannot come from, well, this is the way I was brought up and these are my experiences. This is my story. And those are all, all reality. But why, why is it important for you to know the truth in your life? Why was it, why did Jesus come to give us the truth? It's because there is an all out attack on your identity. There is a strategy that was born in hell to assault and destroy your identity. The Bible tells us in Psalms 139, it says this, verse 13. For you created my inmost being you knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was in the secret place. When I was woven together in the depths of the earth, your, your eyes saw my unformed body all the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. Amen. My unformed body, your unformed body, it was known by God. Your identity was known by God before you were ever created. Your days on this earth have a purpose. It, is, it has been ordained by God. You're, you're, there is an identity that God has created for you. And the enemy, what the enemy is trying to do is to get us to believe a lie about ourselves. When we self-identify ourselves, because listen to me, it's a dangerous thing to self-identify ourselves because all of us know our secret sins. There's not a person in here that is not sin. We've all, the story, 
the stories that are filled in this room are people that, man, we have incredible stories where God has changed us. But when you get to a place that you self-identify yourself and you, you put a label on yourself because of your truth and then you, you seal the deal when you say, this is my truth. No, it's not your truth. The truth is that God formed your body. God is the one that made you. God is the one that created you. God is the one that has a purpose and a plan for your life. I'm preaching really good today. And I'm sorry I'm spitting. I'm about to throw my jacket off. off and get, I'm just playing. Some of y'all grew up in that church, right? Just like, man, let's have revival. I'm going to throw my jacket down. Where was I? No, I'm just like, this is so huge. Listen to me. We can't just casually go, well, well you know, bless their heart. You know, my, my little five-year-old, he believes he can fly, and that's his truth. So let me, I'm going to get his little butt on the roof. <laughs> he needs to get up on the roof because his truth is he can fly. No. Listen, just because you're, you're hot in a room that's 70 degrees doesn't make it the truth. My wife, I'm not gonna tell you her age, but she's hot all the time. <laughs> she, she's always burning up and we're always like tiptoeing around trying to turn it. She's like, did you turn that thermostat down? But the thermostat is what tells the truth. It's what tells us what reality is. See, where has this irrational thinking come from? Why, why are we hearing people say their truths or this is my truth and you have your truth and you can't tell me the truth? And now let me stop for a moment and tell you. A lot of us grew up maybe in church or grew up around religion where the truth was taken and we used it to beat people up. And... and the church became known for this angry, judgmental, like, we want to just, like, oh, I found a truth, and I, I see something wrong. And it's usually, it's, we're wanting to point out what everybody else struggles. We don't want to look at our own selves. And we want to get on Facebook and post something about, oh, y'all need to, and we're angry at the world for acting ungodly. And listen, they don't know God. They're going to act ungodly. So quit getting angry. This, what I'm teaching on today is not meant for you to go, oh, I'm gonna go get angry. And I, what I want you to do is process this. I wanna cause you to think. I wanna cause you to, get to, to look at this and say, you know what, I, I need to think about this a little bit. I need to process this in the right way and understand, is it, is it okay for all of us to have our own truths and all of us to kind of just find our own way and everybody's got their own little truths and, or is there actually the truth? See, why, why, what's happening? What, where has this come from? I think one of the greatest places that it, this, this started in is number one, um, in our education system, we've taken out God. We, 
There's no more prayer. There's Christian faith has been removed. The Bible has been removed. And really I'm talking about even in higher education and college and all of us kind of, we were brought up in the world of man, you get graduate from high school. You need to go to college because that's where the people that know what they're doing and the really smart people are at college and they're, they're the teachers there. Now, if you're a professor here, don't get offended. Um, my wife is a professor. She's a hot professor. Uh, <laughs> isn't she pretty? I, like, I always say, if you don't believe in miracles, look at me and look at my wife. She married me. And I worked at Walmart when I met her. That's like supernatural. But there's a lot of godly professors, but there's also a lot of professors that... Um, they're not professors of education, they're professors of indoctrination. And this has been happening, I believe, over 50 years where there, is, there has been an indoctrination that has, has creeped into our, our, our world and our culture and it is affecting, you would be shocked at what younger Students believe is the truth. You want to know what the difference between education and versus indoctrination? Um, there's difference between .net says this: education involves the seeking of facts and learning about what is the truth and what is not. In other words, two plus two equals four. Indoctrination is aimed at influencing people to believe in facts without being able to back up these newfound facts with anything but opinion. See, truth equals conformity to facts. And God is the creator of the truth. God is the creator. He's the one that created the universe. He created everything that and how it functions, how it operates. God is, that is a truth that we have to hold on to. And the enemy, again, is, is after your identity. He's after the identity of this next generation. There's a story, and I'm not going to read the, the, the whole passage, but in, in the book of Daniel, there is a great story there that mirrors really what it's like to live in, a, in an ungodly world where this, this spiritual enemy is strategically trying to destroy who we are. And when you get time, go read this, but it, it is, it's an amazing story of these these guys that were brought from their land and um, King Nebuchadnezzar, this king, king of Babylon, was a very evil king. Babylon was a very evil place and they actually went and took Jerusalem captive, destroyed that, that destroyed them, besieged them. And one of the things that, that he did is that he took back some of the finest, um, the best of the best, of the next generation, he took them back. And he took them back to this land of Babylon and part of what he wanted to do is to indoctrinate them 
And you can see a, a real trend of, of, of really a spiritual strategy that the enemy is using in our own lives and in, in our culture today. You see it right in this, in this passage of Scripture. The first thing you see is that, that the enemy wants to change our thinking. See, if you really want to conquer a culture, you have to indoctrinate them with your belief system. Babylon wants to make you a Babylonian. In Daniel 1, 4, it says he, he was to teach them the language and literature of the Babylonians. And they're living, these, these four guys, they're the best of the best. They've been taken back to Babylon and the king has this strategy to change them, to indoctrinate them. And the first thing is he's gonna change the way that they think. See, if you study world history and you, you're gonna see one of the things that, that, that you'll discover is that if you wanna erase a nation, what you have to do is erase their language and their literature. If you literally want to erase a group of people, you've got to erase their language and their literature. And what he's trying to do here in the, you see it automatically, he says, he was to teach them the language and the literature of the Babylonians. So the Babylonians are trying to erase the language of the Israelites. Do you know that's the world, that's what the world is trying to do to us, they want to take away our history, our literature. They want to take away the history of who God is. See, the Bible's not a, a book of laws and, 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 and rules. The, the, the Bible is a story. It's a history about a God that loves us so much that he gave his only son to die on us, die on the cross to redeem us of our sins. He came to bring about the truth. This is, this is the story, and this, this language, this, this literature, it's being removed, it's being changed out of our vocabulary that now, you take, for example, I, we could go to evolution. You remember when years ago evolution came out and people thought it was kind of crazy and you were loony to believe in that? And that how in the world could we come from a, a big bang and an amoeba and then grow? We, we came from monkeys, and, but drip, 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 drip in our culture, and now it's considered a scientific fact. You'd be amazed at how many believers don't really believe that Jesus Christ is, is the Savior of the world. He, the enemy is trying to make us all have our own stories so we lose our history and our literature. There is a truth about the history of our Christianity and who we are. There is a, a truth about creation. We're not telling the story of, of creation being made in the image and likeness of God. Now it's, 
It's all over the place. If you believe we came from amoebas and monkeys, no wonder you don't value life. You'd be shocked at, again, what this next generation thinks is right and what they think is wrong. It's because the truth is, is being so under assault. And oftentimes when we want to go down the road, it's like, well, you know what? Your truth is my, and, and we, we want to kind of go to the rules and all that kind of stuff. And listen, those are great guidelines that God has given us for our lives. But the truth is, the, the truth is, is really tied up into your identity. This is what the enemy is trying to attack. He, he wants you to believe that once you've messed up, once you've done some like awful things in your life, you can never be restored. You can never be redeemed. You can never be used by God. God can never use your life. Those are lies and too many of us are believing those lies. You think about, for example, the music and the media and the, the movies. What used to be so super offensive now is celebrated. Think about some of the music we listen to that we sing along with and, you know, think about the words and those words are actual words that you are speaking over your life. How about some of the movies that we watch? They have this hidden agenda buried inside of it. It is all trying to indoctrinate us. It is not a harmless entertainment. Aren't you glad you got an extra hour of sleep today? You're like, Pastor Steve's like, this is heavy. It's not harmless entertainment. It is a strategic assault on your identity. God has created you for a purpose. God knows your identity. He knew you before you were ever born. There is a, a order to your life and the enemy wants to lie to you about it. And the most powerful thing you can do is to, to put a stake in the ground and say, this is the truth, the only truth. That, that you let the truth of God's word be what guides you. It's what the truth of God's word that guides your, your children. See, whoever you agree with, you align with. It's very easy to go, well, you know what? I got my foot over here and I don't see anything wrong with everything the world's doing. And I'm over here and I'm in church today and the Cowboys are playing. Don't I look like a Christian? <laughs> but listen to me, whoever you agree with, you align with and whoever you're aligned with, you're giving them authority in your life. So if you agree with Satan, you are aligning yourself with Satan. See, Satan is only empowered through human agreement. Jesus is the one that has all authority. Satan does not have authority. You give Satan authority when you come into agreement with him. This is why it's so dangerous when it comes to your, your identity. Who are you agreeing with? Are you agreeing with what Satan says about you? Or are you agreeing with what God says about you? Number two, change our taste. 
Daniel 1.5, the king assigned them a daily amount of food and wine from the king's table. Again, this was a big deal. The, 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 the Israelites, they had a kosher diet. They, they ate just certain foods and, and he's trying to give them a taste for the, the, the Babylonian kind of food. And I'm going to just say this to you, that whatever you feast on, it's what you're going to crave. Whatever you, you're feeding yourself. And you know that the Bible tells us that we're called to taste and see, experience the presence of God. Psalms 34, 8 says, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the one who takes refuge in him. John 6, 35 says, Then Jesus declared, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never go hungry. Whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. Number three, train us in the ways of darkness. Daniel 1, 5, the last part says, they were, were to be trained for three years and after that, they were to enter into the king's service. They were to be trained for three years. What are they being, tra- they're, you know, training, it's, it's, it's like this intense training, this intense teaching that they're being trained into it. And what, what's, what are they doing? They're trying to get rid of the Israelites. They knew the ways of God and they wanted, what they're trying to do is to get rid of the law of God and exchange it for the rules of man. To start to believe that the ways of the world are better than the ways of God. to train us in this. See, if you're gonna thrive in Babylon, you're gonna thrive in this culture, you're gonna have to change your view of church. Do you know that studies show that, that the average um, American churchgoer goes to church 25 times in a year? 25 times. 25 hours in one year, you're being trained in the ways of God. Your kids, 25 hours, an entire year being trained in the ways of God versus 24 hours a day, 365 days a year, they're being trained in this ungodly world that is indoctrinating us. The world is shaping us into this system. Church cannot be optional anymore. Church has to be something that we say, you know what, I have got to engage. I've got to get into this. I've got to grow in my faith. I've got to learn the, the word of God. This is why growth track is so, so important. We're not just trying to find some class for you. Growth Track is about you discovering your purpose, discovering why God puts you on this planet. And God's called, listen, I don't believe you just randomly walked into this place. There's a lot of great churches in this city. But I believe God uniquely called you to this church to be a part of a, not a monument, but a movement that God is gonna use your life, that God has ordained your steps, ordained your everything about your life. And this is why growth track is so important. I'm not playing, y'all. I'm not playing. 
You need to, if you've not been in growth track, you need to stay today. I'm saying that in love because God has this incredible identity for your life. The last area is change our identity. Again, this is, this is so important. Daniel 1.6 says, among those who were chosen were some from Judah, Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. The chief official gave them new names to Daniel, the name Belshazzar, to Hananiah, Shadrach, to Mishael, Meshach, and to Azariah, Abednego. You understand that your name represents your identity? Somebody wants to steal your identity, they're gonna take your name. It's, it's eerie when you look at what their name symbolized. You know that Daniel's, it symbolized, the definition of the name Daniel is God is my judge. In other words, I answer to God alone. They changed, they renamed him to Belshazzar. Belshazzar means lady protect the king. One of the greatest attacks the enemy is, is, is bringing about is in our identity, I believe he's attacking our gender. There's gender confusion. Hananiah means Yahweh has been gracious. Hananiah, it means what an amazing God I serve. But the new identity that the Babylonian culture has given him is Shadrach. Shadrach means I am fearful of God. Shadrach means I need to be afraid of God. God's not good, God's mad at me. Mishael means there's nobody like my God, nobody like my God. There is a confidence behind his name. They changed his name to Meshach. It means I am despised, contemptible, and humiliated. Azariah means Yahweh has helped me. It's this endearing term. It's, it's a personal, a close connection to God. And they changed his name to Abednego, which is servant of Nebo. See, the enemy wants to change your view of God from being a son to a slave. I wanna pray for you in just a few moments and I, I really want you to allow the Holy Spirit to speak into your life when it comes to this topic. Because I really believe that when you look at your life and you begin to process this and you go, you know, what, 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 are, what are the truths that I'm building my life on? What belief system? Do I believe that God wants to bless me? Do I believe that God loves me? Do I believe that God cares about me? What are the truths See, you watch the life of Jesus and Jesus wasn't going and slamming people for, for all these crazy truths and beliefs that they had. Jesus was actually criticized for hanging out with them. We're called to love this world. But as I said the first weekend, that what brings maturity in your life, what helps you grow and begin to change your life is when you know the truth, the truth, it's, 
It's painful sometimes, but the truth confronts us and it begins to mature us and grow us up. And as we mature, people around us begin to notice the change in our life and this is the opportunities that God gives us. See, God loves everybody on this planet and God wants to use you to bring about truth. But before you do that, you, you gotta discover your true identity. You gotta allow the, the identity of, that God has given you to be, be who you are and allow the truth of God's word to, to be the navigation of your life. I wanna ask you to stand today and I'm gonna dismiss us in just a few moments in prayer. And you know, if you're here today and you need prayer for it, it doesn't matter what it is. Maybe there's some of you here today and you're like, you know what, I need prayer. I'm, and I'm so concerned about my kids. It, it doesn't matter what it is. Are you just like, you know what, I've got diagnosis from the doctor. It doesn't matter. There are, are gonna be people up here at the front that wanna pray for you. And after I dismiss in prayer, I just make your way down here to the front and they wanna pray for you today. But I, I wanna pray over us today and I wanna just ask God to, to just reveal his truth in our life. Father, thank you, God. Thank you for your word. I pray that all of us, God, would just, God, do some deep reflection in our own life and may your truth convict us. May it work in our lives, God. God, I pray that it would bring about more love in our life than ever, God. Father, I pray that the, the, the truth of your word would bring about personal transformation as we discover our truth today, God. Father, I thank you for this, God. And everyone said, amen, amen. Well, God bless you. Have a great week and you're dismissed. Thanks for listening. If you like the content of this podcast, you're gonna love our YouTube channel. Subscribe at youtube.com slash creekwoodchurch for video messages and full services uploaded weekly.